You've probably heard me say that the best stepmom support doesn't just focus on stepmom life. I've found that the best stepmom support goes deeper than simply understanding the complexities of the stepmom role. It's more than learning ways to co-parent and manage the ex and foster a relationship with your stepkids and find your place within it all. That's why now I'm offering 360-degree stepmom life coaching and mentorship. This is a three-month mentorship tailored to your unique life and your unique goals. This is next-level coaching and support for those who are ready to dive in and create major change in their life. This mentorship includes goals and aspirations outside of your step family, including your self-care practices, your rhythms, personal growth, and confidence. It's for stepmoms who are really ready to take control of their life. It's for the stepmoms who want to redefine their stepmom experience and look at their stepmom triggers and experience in an entirely different way. Who are you outside of motherhood and stepmotherhood? Who do you want to be? What does your best self look like? And what is preventing you from showing up as that person right now? That is what this mentorship is all about. If you want to work with me one-on-one for three months and to dive into all of this and completely transform your stepmom experience, head to www.jamiescrimshire.com forward slash coaching to learn more. This is an investment. This is a commitment. There's limited spots available. In addition to bi-weekly calls, we connect through voice and email support whenever you need it. It's you and me for three months. For all the info, head to www jamiescrimger.com forward slash coaching. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom though. Here, we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Good morning. Darren is back. It has been a while. Been quite a long time. It's been a while. I, we were talking about this last night. We were wondering if maybe people are thinking, oh, is there trouble in paradise? Darren has not been showing up on Instagram. He hasn't been showing up on the podcast. I had all these plans and doing like New Year's resolutions and like what are our intentions for our marriage this year? Darren's been busy. <laughs> Darren's been busy. Yeah. Life has been insane. I feel like this is probably, well, maybe not, but the busiest we've been as a couple individually in our marriage, would you say? Yeah, I think the start of this year has just thrown a lot of stuff at us and we've had plans that we didn't realize were back to back to back to back to back. Well, that was you. You just got to look at your calendar. Mm, you were part of that. You were you, you kicked it off. You were the bookends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very true. Darren's been traveling a bit. I decided to head to Mexico with my sister for an impromptu getaway, which was unreal. So great. But I think amongst all that, we've had a lot of work stress and a lot of work responsibilities and just so much going on with the kids that it's like, oh, wow, it's a month and a half into the year. What happened? Yeah, it's going fast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Darren is back. We're going to try to do some more of these for you guys. And so, yeah, we're basically just going to catch up I have some questions you guys submitted on Instagram. There's some good ones in here. 
Ready? Sounds good. The first one was, what do you think we're doing really well right now? In terms of like the season that we're in in life, like where do you think we're really thriving as a couple? I think we've got some good systems in place. We've realized what makes us overwhelmed and we've been trying to address that head on, the two of us together, not just one of us. And I think that's really helped. I think our communication has been very strong. As soon as things start to go sideways, we are pretty quick to have a conversation and not avoid it. So I think we're doing really well that way. But I think it's been a busy period, and I think we've both been very understanding. Mm -hmm. What do you mean systems that we've put in place? Well, just with the kids, you know, we know the morning routine now with tutor, and we know the drop-off, we know the dance schedule, and we both kind of know our our role we've with dinners, the pre-making of dinner, mm -hmm. I think has been a big thing because that often, you know, if I work late and you've had a big day and we come home and, you know, we used to order in or we'd go out or dinner would just take till nine o'clock during the week. We had because, no plan. We were like flying by the yeah, seat of our did, pants We just with didn't everything. plan meals. Now we have the meal already. We come in and it's, it's, yeah. So I think we've been putting some systems in place to deal with this busy period. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting. I remember when we first got together and this is probably when Reese was really young or even before we had Reese, I was on top of all of these systems and I was so organized. You know, I was managing work, but I was also managing the house and on top of it with meals and just really trying to have everything together. And I look back and I almost wonder if I put that pressure on myself and I made that more of a priority because I never wanted anyone to feel like I was a shit show stepmom. It was like when I was, you know, feeling a little insecure and trying to be perfect and do everything. And then I think as I got more confident in just who I am and our family and, and how I was showing up, I kind of let things go. Like there's so many things with the kids that I was way more on top of than I am with Reese now. Yeah, I can remember that when you used to commute and you had that long commute and you would call me because I'd get home before you and you'd say, you know, put this in the oven or do this. You know, we would have it all organized and... I would even neaten up the shoes. Remember when you'd come in the door? Yeah, those shoes really pissed me off. <laughs> Anyways, no, I think we've got some good systems in place right now. I think our communication's been good. I think we're both getting a better understanding all the time of what triggers each other. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, I know sometimes when you're getting upset over something. What triggers I just, me? I think still things that trigger you are when the kids haven't done something and you want it addressed. It used to be that you would come to me and say, you know, the kids need this and you still do that somewhat, but I'm also proactive in telling the kids, you know, make sure you do this and make sure you clean that. And mm -hmm. so I think that's been good too. And I think when you have stress in your business, I've been very understanding, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't put as much pressure on each other to perform in our, in our, in our business. Cause we both know we're trying to perform at the best level we can right now. You're up very, very early in the morning and you're working long days. I'm working long days and, we're, we're getting through it. It's great, you know, but it is a busy, busy time. Mm -hmm. It's always a busy time for, for us this time of year. I, yeah. I think this is just normal, but we're a little extra busy with some of the travel that's happened. And I think this, this year we've just, we prepared for it a little better. Yeah. And so if I was to answer my own question, what do I think we're doing really well? I agree. We are getting these systems in place. And we had this conversation where we were like, how do we run our home like a business? And looking at issues that were coming up and finding solutions for them and systems for them and all of that, as opposed to just flying by the seat of our pants. And I agree, it's made things so much more predictable and we have so much more of a plan. And even little things like 
this is going to sound so stupid and maybe it's not even relevant to share, but we always had way more garbage and recycling than our bin would fit. And where we live, you can only do garbage and recycling every other week. And if you miss a week or if you have a big week, it gets really chaotic and really unorganized. And I think chaos really triggers me. And so instead of just being reactive to it, we just paid for an extra garbage bin. So now we have a little bit more in our taxes every year, but we never have to deal with that issue. We have two garbage bins and two recycling bins. And just being proactive and being like, how do we solve this issue so it stops coming up for us has been a game changer. It sounds like something little, but it is nice because we all come through the garage and now the garage doesn't have a whole bunch of cardboard or, you know, in our garbage Again, this seems very small, but our garbage was a very small garbage and we're a big family. And it is better because I don't have to now figure out, you know, am I going to go to the dump on Saturday morning or am I going to try and do it at lunch hour? It's just one of those little extra errands that we've, we've addressed and it's, it's a lot easier now and, and it keeps the entryway to our home neater. So you come in right away and you're not looking at this mess. And mm-hmm. it, so uh, you're not walking in all pissed off about the garbage. Exactly. I'm not walking in all pissed off about the garbage. Like it really impacts the vibe. So my tip for anyone right now, if you are feeling a little bit unorganized or stressed out or just triggered by anything. It's like, what kind of system could you put in place to address an issue that keeps coming up over and over and over again? It's like being proactive and not reactive. So really proud of us with that. What do you think we need to work on? Well, we talked about the other day, we need to work on some more time for ourselves. Yeah. You want to have more sex. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too much? Who doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I think we need more time to ourselves. That's where we are lacking. And usually we're really good at that. But we just, again, have been so busy and we have not been able to squeeze that in. And even times when we could squeeze it in, we're both so tired sometimes. It's, well, Mm -hmm. let's push it down the road and then it just doesn't get, Mm -hmm. we just don't get a long time. And we are really on different schedules. So I go to bed very early. I'm in bed eight, nine at night. You like to stay up a little bit later. I'm up at five in the morning. You know, we're just kind of that time where we have those lulls, I think. Yeah. My lull is, you know, when you go, when everyone goes to bed or, you know, I have that sort of nine till 10 o'clock, I've got some alone time. I can do a few things. Your alone time is in the morning when you, you know, you get up 435, you know, no one else starts moving till about 630. So you've, you've got a, an hour and a half, two hours sometimes to yourself. So it's unreal. I love it. Yeah. And I do think knowing this because we've been through seasons like this in our life. And I know a lot of stepmoms will struggle. Like we, we're so busy. We don't get any time to ourselves. The kids are in extracurriculars or whatever season you're in. Just know it really is a season. Yes, you have to prioritize your relationship, but sometimes there's these you know, memes online where it's like, you need to have a weekly date night. You need to make sure you're carving out time a couple times a week for your partner. Awesome. Totally. In a perfect world. That is the goal. However, you're not failing at marriage if you are in a season where you feel more like partners as opposed to having that intimacy and does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it would have been impossible the last three weeks for us to carve out date nights. It was just, just with um, commitments and a little bit of travel and work. We haven't had time to do that, but what we have been pretty good at, and, and again, when you get back to intimacy, we, we've been really good at, you know, in the morning coming down and making sure we kiss and hug or we lay on the couch for a little bit. So we're, we're not getting that long period of alone time, but we're always giving each other a subtle touch or something to remind each other that we're, we're mm-hmm. still there. You're so. just reminding me you want to get laid. 
keeping the vibe alive. <laughs> so good. All right. One of the questions that came in was, how does Darren support you in navigating your business struggles? I've had like a big year with struggles in running this platform. It's not all Instagram posts and good music on a reel. <laughs> yeah, you've you've had some opportunities, some disappointments. You've you know had lots of things going on, and you know I've been there to try and weigh in on things. You know, we you certainly always bounce ideas off of me and things that you want to do. I try to support you too, just when you are busy as well. You know, if you need some space to just work on a weekend, you know, I'll I'll take Reese or the other kids and we'll get out of your way. You definitely provide advice, even if I don't always agree with it or like it. I do. Yeah. We do have some good conversations about this. But something that I don't think a lot of people know is that there have been so many times where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is just constant disappointment after disappointment. or I was just feeling overwhelmed trying to do it all. And Darren's been like, if you want to shut this down, if you want to do something different, you totally can. However... People don't typically shut things like this down. Like you, you have something here and he's always been the one to really push me and keep this going. So I would say this platform is going still and is where it is now because Darren has been my biggest cheerleader behind the scenes. And, you know, he really understood what it could be before I think I even understood I don't think people sometimes realize how successful you've been and you put a lot of pressure on to continue to be successful and more successful. And I think I'm there to remind you that you're successful because you're more worried about creating and writing and content and so forth. And I'm more of a numbers person saying you're doing great. And I think sometimes you don't realize how good that is. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I think it's hard when you see on Instagram – people who are running businesses and they're throwing out all these huge numbers or all these successes. And you're really constantly seeing people's highlight reels of what their business is. And I think that can every once in a while get in my head. I have to be very conscious of what I'm consuming online. But yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. And then the next question was, what are our love languages? Mine is definitely touch. Mine was quality time, acts of service, maybe? Might be, yeah, acts of service, yeah. Neither of us had gifts. We are not a big gift couple. Mm -hmm. Like, did you get, it's Valentine's Day, the day we were recording this. Did you get me anything? I'm not telling you. We're going out tonight. Okay. Well, I didn't <laughs> get you anything. No, I didn't really get you anything big because we've, we've always liked experiences. So yeah. We'll, and we're going we'll on a family trip together next week. and we're going to have a trip. So we're not into that. So those are our love languages, but yeah, maybe we should tap into that a little bit more. Okay, we are going on a family trip. We got a family vacation to Mexico, leaving in a week, and the whole freaking crew is going. And I am working on packing everyone up. Yes, I am helping the kids pack. Even though they're teenagers and young adults, I am making sure that they have everything that they need. Everyone has nice outfits for dinner and just all the things. And because we have so many people in this family, and we're bringing my stepson's girlfriend and my stepdaughter's boyfriend we have a couple rooms. One of the things that I'm making sure that we all have in our rooms is Element. So Element is my go-to electrolyte drink mix. It has everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt, no sugar, no artificial ingredients, coloring, etc. just no BS. It is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs, and it's perfectly suited if you are following a keto or a low carb or a paleo diet. 
It is perfect for professional athletes, for everyday moms. It's really for everyone. I'm obsessed. And I have been for a couple of years now. They have been sponsoring the podcast for a year or so now. It is just so aligned. Lately, I have been loving it during hot yoga classes, when I need to rehydrate, when I'm traveling, and you know, after some cocktails. And when I'm away, I try to stay away from the sugary drinks. So I will get some soda and tequila and lime and fresh mint and throw some lime electrolyte salt in there. So lime element salt into my glass. And it is so freaking good. So 100 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 600 of magnesium. Staying hydrated is crucial and is a huge priority of mine. And proper hydration isn't just about drinking water. You got to have adequate water and electrolytes. So I have a code for you. When you purchase Element from www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassdemum, you can get a free sample pack so you can try all the flavors and pick your faves. I love lime and watermelon. Those are my two go-tos. You get to choose what you love and what is best for you. So when you purchase Element from www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassdemum, you can get a free sample pack so you can try all the flavors. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom for a free sample pack with purchase. I have never been one of those get ready with me. Here's my makeup routine girlies on Instagram, but I do get asked a lot of questions about the products that I use and my makeup routine. So here's the deal. A few years ago, I learned about HB face from someone that I follow on Instagram I decided to place an order. I just loved that the founder, Haley Bogart, her makeup routine seemed simple. It was an easy process. She had great tutorials on her Instagram. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. Plus she's a badass female entrepreneur and I love supporting that. So after using her products for a few days, I ended up throwing everything else in the garbage. It is so good and changed the way I feel about doing my makeup. So Haley Bogart is a makeup artist and she has built a trusted brand by working with celebrities and influencers and countless others across the globe. She has locations in Toronto and Oakville and has huge plans to expand. And guys, her skincare and makeup line, well, it was created with formulas perfected for simple and effective everyday use. And each product was created based on a belief that beauty should be fun and effortless and stress-free, which I am all about. I love all of her products, but I will quickly run through my favorites. So her skin perfector is like a light foundation that just perfects your skin and evens out tones. It's just not too heavy. I love it. I love the concealer. I use the bronzer, the tint sticks for a little pink on my cheek. Her mascara is bomb and her brow kit is next level. Also check out the skin butter and the face scrub. It is so good. So if you go to hbface.com forward slash Jamie Scrimger and use the code HBJamie, you will get 20% off your order. That's www.hbface.com forward slash Jamie Scrimger, J-A-M-I-E-S-C-R-I-M-G-E-O-U-R and use the code HB20. You'll get 20% off your order. I know you're going to love this makeup and when you get it and you try it and you love it, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I can't wait to chat. Okay. So next there are a few different scenarios that people submitted. So stepmoms on Instagram submitted, just kind of wondering what we would do in these scenarios. And there's some good ones. 
Okay, so my stepdaughter is seven, and the ex got her a phone without consulting us. What do you think? Seven's very young to have a phone. I think seven's too young to have a phone. I think the father and mother should discuss that before one gets that. But well, in I, a perfect world. I maybe get that because, you know, there were times years ago when I really would have liked to have gotten hold of the kids. And if they had, when, once they had their own phone, it was so nice. I could just call over anytime, text anytime. It was really nice. So I see that point that that's why the ex may want the phone is just to be able to always get hold of the, but that's, that's pretty young. That's a parental decision, I mm-hmm. think. And if you don't want the phone at your house, you can just make that rule. You can say, you know what? No. We well, yeah, that's true. But that, can, that could be hard because a seven-year-old probably loves the phone. But at seven, you can tell them, no, this is rule of the house. You're too young to have mm-hmm. a phone. I guess you can put restrictions on it, but it's pretty dangerous what kids can get on on a phone. You know, at least with our youngest, we always could watch what they were doing on their iPads and things like that. But once they get a phone, it's harder to keep an eye on what and who they're talking to. Mm-hmm, totally. I do so think, think seven's young. There are a lot of people in co-parenting relationships where they just, again, it's about communicating with the kids when they're with the other parent. And maybe they feel like it's not easy enough to get a hold of the kids or their conversations are being monitored by the other parent, like whatever. There could be a motive behind that to really kind of dive into. But you can abs seven years old as a baby and you could absolutely put restrictions on, but wouldn't be thrilled and wouldn't be paying half of that. That's for sure. No, no, because I think that's that's too young. Okay, this is a good one. Took the kids on vacation, and the ex showed up on the beach. She booked at the hotel next door. I think that's almost an invasion of their vacation time. Almost? Well, it is an invasion of their vacation time, especially if she just showed up and didn't give them a heads up. They're entitled to have their vacation and be alone. They're not together anymore. It's their time, obviously, because they got the vacation time. So I think that's a real invasion of privacy almost. I think it's psychotic. Yeah. And to just show up, that is unreal. So it'd be different if you made arrangements that, yes, you know, they're going to be in the area or, or but I just show up. Wow. So what do you do? Do you go up to her and say, this is ridiculous. This is inappropriate. Like you need to go. And then maybe the kids are like, why are you being mean to mom or something like that? Right. Obviously yeah. you have that conversation in private, but. If you're dealing with an ex who is going to show up on a vacation, you're clearly dealing with the same type of person who is going to say something to the kids and use it very, I don't know, I would be calling my lawyer and getting that figured out ASAP. Like I would shut that shit down. Yeah, this is almost A judge scary. would think she's psychotic. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's scary. like the beginning it's of a horror scary. movie. It's almost scary. That's, yeah. I would not be Lock telling your doors her, and, uh, I would not be uh, telling her where you're going on vacation anymore. I would get that out of the, if you have that in an agreement, because typically yeah, I think you have to, you have to yeah, share, you have to share we are, but again, that maybe you don't share till the day of you say, we're going to this country on this date, but not telling them where, and we will let you know as soon as the plane takes off. Yeah. I would be talking to a lawyer actually. That would be my thoughts and just shutting that down because you don't want to create a pattern that she thinks that she can keep doing that kind of stuff. But I'm sorry that that happened to you. And that could happen. You you hear about that all the time. Exes that just kind of show up in the same area. And was that a coincidence or did they plan on being there because they know you're having a good time? There was a stepmom in the membership and she was talking to me about her situation. And they want to go on a trip with her stepdaughter to see his family. And it's an international trip. And the ex won't agree to let the kid go unless she can come too. Well, is there any sort of flight risk? I mean... No, it's no. just wanting to be included, not wanting to give up control. Yeah. 
you really have to have a co-parenting agreement or a co-parenting plan, a legal agreement. And I talk about this in the membership as well. Like we have a whole list of what you need to include in your plan. And we actually share a glimpse of ours, just like straight from the court documents. But there's something in the agreement that says that each partner gets their respective vacation times, like stipulations around agreeing to the kids going on vacation so that it can't be used as a power play. And this is why it's so important. Just like another example, why you need to have those co-parenting plans so that you can default back to that so that one parent can't hold up the vacation of another parent. Like it's just, it's such a power play and it's not cool. And the kids actually end up. Yeah. I've heard of that too, where they won't sign off on the travel consent because of another issue that, that certainly has happened. Yeah, guys, it happens. Okay. X refuses to pay for any extracurriculars for the kids. Well, again, you have to go back to your agreement on that. I think there is an obligation. Mm -hmm. Again, it all depends on how your agreement is, but it, it makes it difficult because we were big extracurricular people. You know, we had hockey, skiing, we had dance, all kinds of things. I think we came across that issue from time to time where, you know, there was a certain percentage that was supposed to be paid and it would be an argument. It's hard though, because you don't want to take something away from the kids that, but at times it, it'd get tight. You know, I can remember thinking, are we going to be able to afford to buy ski equipment if she won't pay her portion, you know? So that, that's one where you have to go to the agreement. You might have to get your lawyer to weigh in and say, you know, you, you are obligated to pay this. It's pretty, pretty straightforward in most agreements what that is. Mm -hmm. And the one thing is, is that both parents need to agree. However, I like when in the agreement, there's kind of a disclaimer that no parent shall deny the child's extracurricular wishes or something like that, as long as it's reasonable. So it just prevents that parent from using it as a power play, right? Or refusing to. I do think it's nice when you can get to the point, not everyone's in that position and we weren't always in that position where you could just say whatever, right? Because sometimes when you're fighting over a $15 volleyball or things like that, it can become so consuming and just the energy and the bullshit with trying to get expenses settled up can really impact your ability to thrive in other areas of your life. So in those situations, if it becomes an issue, I just document it, document it, like have everything all of the things that you've paid for that haven't been reimbursed in a spreadsheet. And then you can address it when it makes sense to address it. But getting in an argument every single time over the little things, I, I think, can be very draining and it's not productive. It's just a lot of extra conflict. And that's a great idea to track it because if another issue comes up, you can say, well, okay, you want this, but you wouldn't participate in this. And mm -hmm. it's very difficult. And it is hard, I, I think – Sometimes the system, again, I've always said I'll write something about this someday. Darren for president. The, the, no, the system, when it comes to stuff like that, it is hard because if the other, if the ex says, no, I don't like that sport or I don't want them to play that sport and they will pay their portion, if you have to have agreement for them to pay their portion and they say, no, you can't really unless you start up a thing with lawyers again and it becomes so costly, then is it, okay, we'll just foot the $300 for their portion. And then they do that once and then they feel like they can do it every time. No, I don't want to do that. I'm too busy. I can't do my, my week. I can't be taking them to this activity. Mm -hmm. I do really feel like playing the long game is so important and it's really easy to get caught up in the bullshit that matters in the moment, but in the long run doesn't really matter. Like, Keep showing up for the kids. Keep doing what you think is right. And I do think it works itself out in the end. 
but it is really, really frustrating. It's hard when it's a stress financially and you need them to pick up their part. I, I remember that. I remember thinking, mm-hmm. this is not fair because we can't afford to pay the full freight and mm-hmm. this is just going to take away from the kids. Yeah, 100%. But if you can't control it, you got to you gotta throw in like a quote about the long game just to make yourself feel better a little bit. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's, just <laughs> a, it's a frustrating situation. It so, is, I feel for them. It is frustrating. Okay. Once your youngest graduates, do you and Darren plan on focusing more on just Reese? I no. don't know. The kids still need stuff. Like they're what absolutely they not. Reese different. Reese will have more of us because she's younger, and it's just it just be like if Reese was older and there was another one. It's the youngest will still need more of that parental time. But no, I don't think there's any less focus on the other ones because we've got some at an older age and there's just as much involvement in their lives as there is with there, there was before. There's know, just with school and decisions and, you know, jobs and financial support. And, you know, I don't think there's any less focus. I think you see them less though. And that sometimes is sad because they have their own lives and they're away at school or they're, you know, you miss them. But I wouldn't say there's any less focus. Mm-hmm. I I'm, think it just switches. You know, for example, however many years ago, I would have been doing extracurriculars and running around and signing, doing all these things for all of the kids. And now it's just for Reese. The, you know, Zach is, he just turned 17. So he's driving. Like, if you really think about it, I was, when I was 17 years old, I was living on my own, completely independent. I was at school, but he's definitely not. He's still, you know, at home and, has his independence, but he still needs that mentorship and that time. And, but I do think what we do really good is, or really well, is that we have quality time with the kids as opposed to trying to get forced that family time quantity, and all of that thing. Yeah. It's not, it's quality versus quantity, but we definitely are still worrying about and talking to and focusing yeah, like, on. Like the oldest, we've had some very magical moments the last year with her, you know, just with some summer holidays and a little travel with her that we're getting some wonderful quality time, but we don't get to see her as much. You yeah, know, and less I'm day to day. Her. Yeah. So in a, in a way, yes, but not really. But still very focused. Okay, here's one. How do you get over resenting your life with your partner and your kids? I've, I think that's I'm to so you. passionate about this. Okay, I've been saying this quote over and over again. It was from a old podcast episodes with Sarah Jane Case. So she's an Enneagram expert and she's a stepmom. And she said, I chose this life and I can unchoose it at any time. And so I think if you're sitting in resentment, if you are feeling resentful of your partner and the kids and all the things that you're so unhappy in life, I had someone on Instagram say, what do you do if you're so unhappy? You're just, you just hate your life as a stepmom. Well, then you have to make some changes, right? Cause you can't sit around waiting for everyone else to change. Like you did choose this life. A lot of stepmoms are like, I didn't sign up for this. Sure, you didn't sign up for the disrespect. You didn't know how it was going to feel, but you did sign up for life with someone with kids. And if it's not working, if you feel resentful, if you feel like you can't make any changes in your life, then leave. I'm not telling you to get a divorce, but I am actually being like, take control of your life. If you are so unhappy, go. But if you sit and choose to stay in resentment, and that is a choice, to stay in resentment, then that is going to be a really miserable existence. And you're going to look back in your life and be like, oh my gosh, I was miserable. I hated my life. I hated my stepkids. I resented my partner. I think you have to bring it back to the choice and the power that you have over your life. 
So if you're feeling resentful, go to therapy, sign up for coaching, join the kick-ass stepmom community, go connect with other stepmoms and get tips and strategies and tools to feel more in control of your life and to disengage the right way and connect with stepmoms from all over, you know, start working on something for yourself, you know, dive into your personal growth practice, start working out more, like find a hobby. You need to really make some changes in your own life because sitting around waiting for everyone else to change or for your situation to change is not going to work. And you're just going to end up spending your life being pissed off. And you know, that's not, that's not fair to you. That's, you're just not reaching your potential if you're just in that space. Can I say something? Yeah. (laughs) You should also address that with your partner or your husband, because you've been resentful many times in our marriage. And what we were good at is when you were resentful, I could tell, or you would let me know. And then hopefully your husband's reaction is to say, okay, what can we do? What can we change? What are you resentful over? What are some of the things that are, are making you so unhappy at this moment? And that's where get your husband to listen to this. These are the questions. It should be a bunch of open-ended questions, but you should also be prepared to answer those questions because sometimes when I'd ask them early on and you'd be upset and you'd be over, you'd just say, I'm overwhelmed. And you would just say, it's just, I'm just going through. It's just, this is busy. The kids disrespected me today, but it's more than that. You should sit down and say, okay, here's why I am so unhappy. And then go to your partner, your spouse, your husband and say, you know, I am very resentful right now and I don't want to leave this because that person is probably in love with you and doesn't want you to leave either. But you have to be able to answer those questions. What would make it better? What, what, what could we change? You have to have some proactive ideas because don't forget, he's very busy. He's juggling a bunch of balls with the kids and the ex and also is maybe very overwhelmed and, and has, has just buried his head. But I think that's the big thing that we've gotten better at over the years is when you do get resentful or overwhelmed, you can come and tell me why. Mm-hmm. And it's then not a I pack have to up say, and stay there situation. Yeah. And then I can say, okay, okay, what can we do? And then sometimes it's hard. We have to kind of go back and forth and say, well, I can't change that, but I can change this. Yeah, totally. And another thing just to add on to that, I do think sometimes stepmoms will get caught up in the stories that we're telling ourselves about the truth or, or sorry, about what's actually going on. So it's like, oh, my stepkid hates me or, you know, I'm always an outsider or, you know, no one respects me. And that could very well be true. But I do think a lot of time, once you get caught up in that storyline, you're constantly looking for proof for that. So for example, say you are feeling resentful because you feel like your stepkids don't appreciate you and they don't say, they don't say thank you for things that you do. Okay. Having that conversation with your partner, he may be like, yeah, actually they haven't been saying thank you for anything with me either. I think as a stepmom, you get extra sensitive about it and you feel unappreciated and all the things, and then you start spiraling. But having those conversations makes it less about being a stepmom and more about the kid or something age appropriate. So even, you know, I use the example, stepmoms will say, my stepkids hate me. They don't want me here. They don't talk to me. We don't have a close relationship. And then their teenager comes home from school and they're like, Hey, how's it going? They're like, good. And then they walk upstairs and then they go hang out in their room and they're like, oh, they don't like me. They don't appreciate me. They don't want me here. But teenagers often just. That's a teenager. That's a teenager. I get that when I walk right? in the house. No one even lifts their head sometimes. It's, you know, used to be when they're little, daddy. Now I walk in and hello, everyone. 
Yeah. So it's about also doing the work on yourself and like diving into the stories that you're telling yourself about what's going on. Because if you get caught in that narrative of resentment and you're hanging out there for a long time, like you're just spirals, you're spiraling and you can't, it's a very hard place to crawl out of. And yeah, so that's our long answer to that. Well, I think too, just even recently with us, you know, we had some issues with some tension in the house and you made me aware it was really causing issues with you. And, and so I had to address it. And, and it was just about, you know, even addressing if it's the stepkids, you can't change the past. We, you just can't change it. You can't change what happens. Sometimes you have to sit them down as they get older and say, we can't change the past. Maybe we start off on the wrong foot. Maybe you have some resentment over what happened with your parents. But that wasn't my fault or, or even if it was, you know, you've got to move forward. And I think sort of sitting them down and saying, you know, we need to be kind to each other and we need to think about how we want to be treated and people want to be around people that are kind and considerate and ask about their day and, you know, really just reinforcing that. And I think we made some headway. I mean, I, we had a really heartfelt chat with one of the kids and there were tears and, and it's really changed things. Well, and you had the chat. I didn't have I had the chat. Yeah. But it was something that we needed to have. And then otherwise you would have continued to resent the whole situation. Oh, I would have been out the door. Maybe. <laughs> 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 no, but I do think even to kind of piggyback on that situation, I talked to you about it a couple times and I felt like nothing was happening. So if you feel like you talk to your partner and then they don't do anything right away, you have to find another way to communicate. So I ended up writing you a letter and I said, I need you to read this letter. I need you to hear me out. I need you to process and don't respond right away. I just need you to know this information. This is how I am feeling right now in my home. And I think finding a different way to communicate that to you was really helpful. So if you've been talking to your partner about something and they're not getting it, you have to change the way you're approaching it. Maybe it's one of those situations where it's not what you say it's how you say it, the delivery, maybe they're feeling attacked, yeah, like you, all of those things. If you things. find it is an argument every time you go to address something, maybe you have to write it down and say, read this and don't talk to me for a day about it or two days or something mm-hmm. and then let them digest it. But also reread what you wrote so and think about how they may be also yeah. perceiving it. Like there's Take so the many different... You write lots of letters sometimes and never send them to me, I imagine. Oh, I've got some letters. <laughs> okay. Handling adult stepkids at home. It's not really a question, but I think it's interesting. An adult it changes. Stick, it yeah. Ch- we still, our, our big thing is that, yes, you're an adult, but this is our house and these are our rules because mm-hmm. we've, we've had to address this. So handling them, they're more mature, but they're still messy and kids and think that it can be a frat house or, you know, and they get to where they want to socialize too. And they want to have people over and parties. And, you know, if you're going to bed at 10 o'clock and they're playing music till 12, that not just happening. doesn't work. So I think you really have to differentiate between these are house rules and yes, you're an adult and we'll treat you like an adult because we have adult time with the kids now that we didn't have before, but we have house rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a conversation the other day and one of my stepsons, he's like, you know, I'm 20 years old, right? And I said, I, I know, but we're paying the bills here. And if you don't like that, you can, you know, at that point you can, there's other options for you, right? You have to respect house rules and, you know, just understand that it's still a home. And I think that's where it gets really hard. And I think with blended families or a stepmom situation, it's hard sometimes to enforce the rules or these are the rules because they think they're at your level because they're an adult now. So I think that's sometimes where the father has to come in or the, you the know, heavy parent and, and say, these are the rules of the house. Yes, I know you're an adult. You're allowed to drink now. You can vote. You can do all these things that you couldn't do before. But when you're living under this roof, 
these are our rules. So, mm-hmm. so what does Biomom think of your stepson living with you full time? I think she's fine with it. I think she's accepted it. Yeah, it was a lot more seamless than I thought. I mean, not with divulging too much. We were in a little bit of a conflict over over support payments, and I think it was done anyways. But in her mind, there there could have been more. And and with him living with us, that just solved the issue again. And there was no issue, but. I think maybe their relationship's a little better. Mm-hmm. But For again, sure. I can't, I, I don't want to comment on that because I don't know the intricacies of their relationship. Mm-hmm. He just got to the point, he's like, I don't like the back and forth. You know, this is just kind of a better environment for me and ter- just in terms of personalities, I think. Yeah. And this is where I want to be. It's closer for him to drive to work, all the things. And it's been a huge adjustment for me. I, I really loved the week off sometimes, especially when you're, you know, struggling a bit, but we've found our groove now. And I think everyone's, our relationship is probably better than ever. And it gets to a point too, where like he and I bond over certain things. And again, it's just maybe not wanting to go back and forth every week. They still have a good relationship as far mm-hmm. as we know. So it's just, it's just different. So, mm-hmm. and someday he will move out on his own and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll miss, you know, I'm, I already miss uh, our oldest that's away at school. So it's changing very quickly for us. So, you know, we've, been through all stages now. Yeah. Looking forward to some of the next stages is like there's this bittersweet, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay. Last question. How to ask for boundaries with the ex? What is reasonable and fair? So I don't think we can answer what's reasonable and fair for you because you need to decide what the boundaries are. But I think we also need to remember boundaries isn't trying to control someone. You can make a request and say, this is, this is the rules of interaction for us. These are the boundaries that we have set for our relationship and for our home but it has to actually work for both you and your partner. So this is a conversation the two of you need to have about what you're both comfortable and what type of co-parenting relationship you want to have. So what's reasonable for one step family, like some don't mind when the ex comes in and has a glass of wine and like walks into the house. Others are like, get off my freaking property, right? So it really depends on the, on the situation. Yeah, if they're walking in and it's uncomfortable, I mean, you have to have a boundary. You you need to knock and act like a guest. You know, you hear that all the time where exes will just walk into the house and see mm-hmm. the kids and it's, no, you can't do that. We would have, what if we were on the couch? Romping. And, yeah. <laughs> That'd be uncomfortable. But, you know, when you and your ex first split up, you guys were going in, like she would come in the house. She used to live here. So she would come in the house and grab something or things like that. Like that was what it was until I moved in. Mm-hmm. And thankfully that never was an issue. Yeah, I after. think once you moved in, there was that matter of you just can't. But can't I do, do know. But, but you can draw those boundaries, but you have to figure out. The other thing too, we talked about boundaries is you can come up with boundaries, but you can't necessarily draw a line in the sand all the time. You sometimes have to be a bit flexible because it's just such a fluid situation that it can mm-hmm. change so fast. If you set boundaries and then you're just banging your head against the wall because your boundary is actually making it worse for you, you might have to be somewhat flexible. Mm-hmm, for sure. It goes back to the question. I'm always like, is this working? And maybe we can do another episode one day on just boundaries and, yeah, and we could talk for that. hours on boundaries and where we tried to set them and what worked, what didn't work. And yeah, you just have to think like, is what I'm doing working? Is it best for the kids? Is it best for us? There was times where I set boundaries where I was not going to communicate with the ex. Well, then there were some situations that came up and it just really made sense for me too. And instead of, you know, staying stuck in that boundary, I was like, okay, yeah. So I, I re-engage and then I took a step back again, but that was what was best for that situation. And I do think that you're right. There needs to be some sort of fluidity. 
Well, guys, it's morning before school when we're recording this. So we got a kid who's got tutoring and Darren's got to get to work. So we're going to wrap her up. Yeah, it's been a slice. Great to have you back, babe. Thanks, hon. <laughs> That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd be so grateful if you could share it with someone in your life who you think could benefit from it. And if you haven't already left a rating and a review on iTunes, it really is the best way to support the show. And if you're craving more real talk and coaching and community, be sure to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom community. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to learn more.